Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam, and you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka! My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary, that arcade was my church. Alright, hey everybody, Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown, where we rarely break down game development. And today will be no different. Audio is still a work in progress here in the new office. You will hear background noises. You will hear echoey weirdness. And I'm working on it. I'm working on it. My uh, my wife and I share an office and we both work on webcams. So I'm limited for the moment in what I can do to treat this space I record in because there are different expectations of <laughs> how her space should look compared to mine. So I'm respecting that. And uh, that's going to change here shortly when her new workspace is finished. Lots going on here in the new house. I wanted to get on and talk today. We're going to do it old school, like talk radio style. I'm going to talk about some news. I'm going to follow up on a previous episode. And I think it's all kind of interesting. And it involves, yes, the Intellivision Amico or Amico, however the hell you would like to pronounce it. So <laughs> it's it's going to be fun uh, for a couple of reasons. One, there's an update to a previous story that I shared some time ago, like year, two years ago, something like that. And that has had some interesting developments and... The truth is the Amico story is hard to follow if you're not willing to like go down the YouTuber slash Reddit rabbit hole to try to sort it out for yourself. And if you're anything like me, you are allergic to that. And after 10 minutes of YouTubers fighting each other, like my eyes glaze over and I pass out and wake up somewhere else later in the day, I can't, I can't deal with that. And maybe you're the same as me. If that's true, and you're not up to speed and you're wondering, hey, what is going on with that? Because I see a lot of people like, what is the situation? Is it happening? Is it not happening? What did everyone do to upset everyone? We will get into it. And the other reason that I'm tackling an episode about this is because I'm watching a different side of this unfold than most people are. And I have an, a slightly different take and a different problem with what they're doing. And I will... Uh, I started to explain that in the previous episode about this. It's titled something like My Big Stupid Mouth, but I will explain what that issue was more succinctly, and we will talk about uh, how that part is unfolding. So first up, if you're not familiar with the original Intellivision, it was a home console produced by Mattel in the 1980s. It sold, I think, about 3 million units, but the controllers were super weird, uh, even for the 1980s. It looked like the controllers looked like a calculator with like an old radio dial on it. And it was it was just a mess. There's I've never played one. I can't imagine it being fun <laughs> to play. Some people like it. That's fine. So uh, jump to the current day or recent years, at least Tommy Tallarico. If that's a name you haven't heard in a while, you might remember him from the G4 days, the original G4 days, rest in peace. And then the new G4 rest in peace also. Um, but Tommy Tallarico was not just G4 talent, but he was like an icon in game, like audio music development. Fantastic composer, musician. He was a cool guy back then. I really liked him when I was a younger guy. Uh, I liked his work and I thought he was cool. That guy ended up buying stake in, in television when the, I guess the original owner or founder passed away, something like that. He took over the majority of shares in, in television. And so he controlled the company. So then he announced, hey, I'm going to make a new Intellivision console. 
called the Amico again, or Amico or Amico is a local gas station here, which is confusing for us local St. Louisans. Maybe you have it in your area too. So the naming is a bit confusing, but a media blitz ensued because, hey, new Intellivision console and two things stood out. So first of all, this damn thing looks like a foot bath. So like I've seen several concept designs of this thing and every one looks like it comes from Walgreens and you pour water in it and shove your feet in there. Two, the controllers inexplicably look a lot like the old 1980s controllers, which is not charming as much as it is maybe misguided because these were bad controllers. Well, now instead of the calculator buttons, it's got a touch screen. So that's a small touch screen on each one, but also the weird dial. And now they just look like the Zune MP3 player. <laughs> so if you've ever seen that, it's got a, a dial down below, a little bit like the old iPod, like video iPod, but a, a dial down below, touch screen above. And the big promise of this console was this is going to be family focused. So we haven't really heard anything like that since the first Nintendo Wii. And even then it was like, ah, uh, we're just doing something novel that you might like. We've got f odd little controllers, motion sensing, stuff like that. But Intellivision went super hard on this. They said only family friendly content would be allowed. Uh, and weirdly, like one of the very next announcements they did was, hey, Earthworm Jim 4 is going to be an Amico game, which is like, if, if you remember that, I don't think any of the Earthworm Jim games had an ESRB rating above like kids to adults, but it wasn't everyone. It, it seemed like it for sure targeted teens and juvenile adults such as myself. And I'll, I'll leave the discussion about Doug Tenapel for another day, but that's a thing also. But it seemed like a weird announcement right after like, this is strictly family focused because I would argue Earthworm Jim is not entirely focused that way. So that's what the media got when this was just starting in like, I don't know, 2017, 2018 now. So I'm going to switch gears here because this won't be the best way to tell the story, but this is the amount of information I had when the next part of the story took place. That was all I knew about this. I heard that. I went, huh, that's weird. And in my head, I kind of went like, maybe something to develop a game for? And I looked into it and it sounded like they were strictly going to work with like handpicked third-party partners. And so I thought, fine, I don't need this thing. Who's going to play this? I don't care. I didn't think about it anymore. I knew it was going to be a while before we heard anything. So eagle-eared listeners will recall an episode where I started talking about using LinkedIn and trying to get more engagement on LinkedIn for my content, just make the LinkedIn crowd aware that I'm doing something that, hey, if you're in game development in the game industry, perhaps you might, you might like checking this out. So that was fine. And the main story from that episode was that I got into a little bit of an altercation with someone who turned out to be an executive from Intellivision who I did not name. I, I told the story, I described what I said to him, what he said to me, the issue I took with what he was doing on LinkedIn, but never once did I name the guy in that episode. I recently listened to it several times just to make sure. That guy was Intellivision CFO Nick Richards who still, I believe, still works for the company. So here's how it went down. I was working on engagement on LinkedIn. So not only was I posting my stuff, but I was trying to genuinely engage with the other people posting game development stuff. So I saw a post with like every game development tag possible, hashtag game dev, indie dev, game industry, all, you know, all, the, all the stuff you would expect. But it was an article from thetimes.co.uk titled something like, 
the 900 pound, not like, not like weight, but like money, like European money, the 900 pound bill for my child's Roblox gaming. And I, at the time I pointed out that anytime you hear my child, you know, someone's trying to be manipulative and try to impact your emotions, which it never works. What do you care about someone else's kids? Quite honestly, <laughs> I love my child. I don't expect that when I say my child, somebody rushes to my emotional aid. Nobody cares. Like that's, let's be, let's be honest. So this was Nick Richards posting this article. And the point of the article was, it was one of these stories where, hey, pandemic, pandemic, I gave my kid a tablet, he got on Roblox and spent all my money. And we've heard that, we've heard many versions of that. Uh, I said in the episode, these stories aren't even a big deal anymore because they almost all get fully refunded. There was a big settlement about it with Apple and parents a while back. Uh, this is not the end of the world anymore, but it's an indicator that you do have to be a parent you have to parent for your children and that it's not anyone's job but yours to be that parent. So handing your kid a tablet with all of your credit card information loaded up. Look, I'm not saying this for the sake of the game industry. I'm saying this as a parent. I'm a parent and I know good and well the risks if I choose to give my kid my tablet. I know what he does on the tablet. So and he's young. It's not a big deal right now. It's mostly he takes like videos of his toys and shows them to us. And that's fun. Great. Fine. But you can't put your credit card info, give them Roblox and go, hey, go nuts and stop watching, like stop checking in on it. So this lady did this, the obvious took place. And instead of going, hey, she had a, she had a duty to understand what was happening. Nick Richards posts this and says something like, I will paraphrase this because I think he pulled this post down. But the quote was, I listened, listened to my description from the last episode and it was something like, over 70% of all games revenue comes from in-app purchases. I don't know if that's true or not. Artificial intelligence developed by PhDs are extracting your hard earned money. Let's settle down. More often they're targeting your kids. And so, of course, somebody who wanted to suck up to him comments immediately like, oh, game designers are exploiting kids for insane profit. You, if you know me and you know how I use social, I don't deal well in this kind of situation where people are saying obviously insane things and no one is speaking up and going, this is so wrong. Like this is or it's very misleading or it's an argument in very bad faith. So I did end up commenting on this before I realized this guy helps run in television. I said, look, there's no path from publisher to child where a parent doesn't have ample opportunity to intervene. And Nick Richards came back at me and, and this is what I didn't reveal like who this was, but he came back to me on that and goes, how would parents react to that? Do you think it would instill trust? Like, look, I didn't get in a knockdown drag out fight with this guy, but I was very put off by that because one, I'm a parent. That's a weird assumption that I don't know what, you know, <laughs> that I wouldn't be a parent or know what parents think. But the other part is no one should trust a publisher. Why should anyone trust a publisher, especially a parent who's about to hand their kid a publisher's product? It shouldn't happen. That mindset is inherently predatory because first of all, he's a parent. And he would never think that way in a million years. He would never trust some random company. No parent should. But I did explain to him, this is not hypothetical for me. I take care of a five-year-old full-time. My son was five at the time. He's older now. And I recognize my responsibility to know exactly what I'm handing him and what he can do with it. If I don't know about something, I don't hand it to him. That's it. In addition to being a game designer and an independent publisher, look, I'm not speaking in my own best interest as a 
a person running a business, but it doesn't matter. Some stuff is more important than that. Don't give your kids my stuff if you haven't looked at it. You know, don't sit them in front of the podcast. I say stuff they probably shouldn't hear routinely. So <laughs> this this story kind of dropped off then, and I, I explained my point in the, the episode where I first brought it up and went, look, I said my piece, fine. And mostly the gist of the episode was I was embarrassed for reasons unknown, but I went, oh my God, that's the CFO of Intellivision arguing with me. And I looked into that guy. I thought, well, maybe he's just some guy, but like on paper, he's a pretty cool guy. Like he's got a big car collection. He's a race car driver. He's a, according to him and according to him, he's a well-ranked archer on like the U S archery team or I don't know what all. So I thought like, oh, it's just me, some rando dude. I shouldn't be arguing with this guy since then. I've gotten past that. I, I feel like his intent is like, he may believe in a goal that in his mind is good, but I think he knows that he's doing something bad about it. Like he's, his methods and his motives are, I, I question them because I don't believe he believes what he's saying. I don't believe that. And the proof is I've gone back and looked at the way he uses the rest of his LinkedIn feed. And the dude is a fear monger. This is a pattern for him. He posts like boogeyman media sensationalist stories to tear the game industry down so he can pretend his crap box foot bath console is some kind of solution to bringing families back together. So like some of his other posts are stuff like he did one about how teenagers spend all their time in dark rooms and they can barely communicate because of video games. Well, that's bullshit. We all know better than that. We all know very well-spoken teenagers. We all... Teenagers are, look at TikTok. Teenagers are the most outgoing I've ever seen them. Half of them are on TikTok. The other half's on Twitch. I I probably spoke much less than these kids speak. And, you know, I, I never imagined being a podcaster, but uh, I think we can all kind of see through that one. The post where I confronted him is magically gone. I can't find it anymore. I can't. Now, I don't remember if he posted this or if he commented on someone else's post, but I think it was him. I think it was him. I did notice that after the post where I commented magically disappeared, he created another post where he could say all the same stuff and no one had argued with him. So he, he uh, rephrased it, of course, but he said that, oh, companies blame the parents for mismanaging the technology, which by the way, yeah, it's their fault. You're responsible for your kid and you're responsible for their actions. I'm sorry. I can't backpedal on that because it's true. <laughs> you know, a, a phone, a tablet, all that stuff, even a, an Xbox can be loaded with your payment information. And if you wouldn't hand your kid a wallet and send them out into the world with it, you shouldn't do that with the device because it's the same thing. And in fact, it's much easier for them to mess up with the device. So that is squarely on the parents. But he goes on like, this is predatory stuff from the game industry, all this stuff, and goes, there's a healthier path forward to enjoy video games. Hashtag Intellivision, hashtag Amico, hashtag Intellivision Amico. Another, <laughs> and this post had another person who wanted to get in his good graces. So they talked about how she agreed 100% and I didn't realize the danger to my child. And I thought, oh my God, you guys are all in on this together and you deserve each other. Holy crap. He posted another article about how children are being pursued by sexual predators in other gaming communities and how he's proud of being part of Intellivision where they're making a difference. Yeah, you're making a difference for all players' safety by not shipping your console. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how it's going at Amico since I checked in. <laughs> they have hired an Xbox co-founder who left months later 
They allegedly misrepresented this in a shareholder call, which led the Securities and Exchange Commission to step in. I I'll have a hard time with Sam's name, but Sam Machkovich for Ars Technica says, Intellivision had claimed that Xbox luminary Jay Allard had remained on the board as global managing director through 2021, despite Allard announcing his departure from Intellivision in mid-2020. Eventually, Intellivision offered an amended statement to the SEC on this matter. Okay, well, we should teach our kids honesty, right? The, uh, the launch of the console has been repeatedly delayed since 2020 with no end in sight, despite all the people who have invested in it, pre-ordered. We'll get into more of that in a minute, but uh, Luke Plunkett said for a Kotaku article, the console has been delayed multiple times now, originally due in October 2020. It was then pushed back to April 2021, then October 2021, and now in June 2022, it's obviously still nowhere near release. And now we're in February 2023. So uh, they keep showcasing games that are either mobile ports or freely available web browser games. Uh, back in the Ars, Technic Ars Technica article by Sam Machkovich, Amico's E3 2021 presentation was confusing, he says, in part because it leaned on a few games that are already available as free web games, particularly a series of Sesame Street branded edutainment experiences. Other games featured in Amico footage debuted as far back as 2019. And again, they've said they're gonna have all this exclusive content. So after uh, Sam reported on the hardware specs for the Amico and the docs they put out for the public dev portal and the fact that they were apparently Photoshopping Amico controllers into the hands of people in stock photos who were really playing PlayStation, uh, Tommy Tallarico apparently threatened legal action against Sam and Ars Technica. So uh, Adiba Chowdhury reports for GameRiv, this report was met negatively with the company's CEO, Tommy Tallarico. He went on a rant on Twitter about how using stock images for promotion does not go against the law. Moreover, he also claimed that the journalist had provided a lot of confidential information about their console, which was not open for public disclosure. Apparently, uh, says says Ars Technica, the dev portal was public facing and it was available through a Google search. So uh, come to your own conclusion on that. Following this rant, the CEO threatened to take legal action against the reporter, says Ars, uh, says uh, GameRiv. A few of the tweets in the thread have since been deleted. So Tommy had a bit of a meltdown on Twitter. He's done some really jarring interviews with YouTubers who are like, fans of Intellivision and who like were excited for the attention. Again, I refuse to dive into the YouTube feuds. Like I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't, my brain can't deal with that. <laughs> Later in television was showing around an exclusive tank game in development that was allegedly loaded with ripped off artwork and assets. Uh, Joseph Allen reports for Tech Raptor, the original Intellivision Amico tank battle video was swiftly taken down, followed by a second upload, which was also subsequently taken down. In a third upload, a disclaimer was added, one that wasn't part of the original video, claiming the game is, quote, work in progress, and that, quote, placeholder graphics were identified. In the current version of Tank Battle, supposedly Intellivision is talking to its developer about, quote, both final assets and placeholder assets, suggesting that the assets identified here won't be in the finished version of the game. Holy crap. So... Uh, that's embarrassing. Uh, about a year ago, after already years of no profits and no results, Tommy Tallarico stepped down as CEO, as reported by Re Rebecca Valentine for IGN. 
Intellivision said in a statement to IGN that the management shift came in tandem with the beginning of production of the Intellivision Amico console, and that the move was to better align its resources with those new challenges. I will admit, you don't normally hear about the CEO stepping down just because production has started. Uh, come to your own conclusions there. Intellivision then launched a fourth round of fundraising, seeking $10 million to uh, basically to right the boat, and then canceled it a few weeks later. Uh, Matt Wales says for Eurogamer, Intellivision's SEC filing preceded another round of fundraising for the Amico, in which the company was looking to raise 5 million USD in capital through Start Engine. 21 days into the campaign, however, Intellivision has now called time, raising just $58,001 from 54 investors. Okay, the line I've found from earlier in the story, $10 million did not match with that $5 million. So uh, to be safe, let's say they were looking to raise $5 million and stopped trying after $58,000 and won. So uh, shortly thereafter, Intellivision canceled a lot of pre-orders and laid off a bunch of staff. So I hear they gave up their offices. They apparently licensed their own IP for release on other platforms. So after all this talk about, you can find wild quotes about uh, from executives at Intellivision talking about how dangerous and predatory these other platforms are. Well, the, the minute they were backed up against a wall, they went, oh, could you please take our IP and put it on these other platforms? Imagine. Uh, Truman2 for Game Rant says, multiple users on Twitter have received emails from GameStop, which notified them that their pre-order of the Intellivision Amico console had been canceled. These emails state that the reason for the cancellation was requested by the vendor and that they would be refunded for any deposits that have been made for the pre-order. Members of the private Intellivision Amico Club reported that their pre-orders of the console through GameStop have also been canceled. James Batchelor for GamesIndustry.biz said, and he was quoting CEO, the new CEO, Phil Adams, we have dramatically reined in operating costs, which unfortunately required a significant reduction in staff. Our resources are focused on engineering and testing to ensure we have a quality system as we cannot succeed by producing anything less. Uh, the company is... It said the company is also licensing and television IP to development partners to produce games for other platforms. It is not yet known which properties have been licensed or which platforms Intellivision is targeting. But Adams said Intellivision will announce the first deals soon. And I guess that was about a year ago. So the conclusion of that is, look, part of this brings me no joy because I used to really like Tommy, but... Having looked into it a little bit and looking at videos of the things they're saying and the posts they're putting on social, this seems to me like bad things happening to, if not bad people, at least people with bad intentions or at least people taking some kind of bad actions. So uh, what I would say is if someone approaches you about developing for the Amico, investing in it or buying one, my suggestion is to run, just run. Not only is the Amico's philosophy faulty, uh, a family approach can take advantage of any system and all of them will be better than this piece of whatever. The rhetoric here from people like Nick Richards is damaging to the industry that they are trying to enter. And that is selfish, it's greedy, it's based on falsehoods, and it looks to me like it's getting exactly what it deserves. I'm sorry, everything that the Intellivision executives say brings the family together with their new console. If you took that same approach to an Xbox or a Wii or a PlayStation, you would have a better experience and it would all work the same way. Publishers can't replace parents. 
Parents should be involved in the gaming experience. They should be involved in deciding whether or not to hand something over to a kid, make sure they lock down the payment methods, all this stuff. Uh, the difference is not that these other platforms don't care about parents, they're putting the expectations where they belong on those parents. So if the family approaches it together, like they would a sport, like they would public school, like they would a power saw, everything's gonna be a lot better than if you hand those things to the kid or hand those choices to the kid. Yeah, you're gonna get mixed results at best. Friends, that is it for today. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, please hit that follow or that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. We have show notes and articles and more at CodeWritePlay.com. You can follow along on Twitter at GameDevPod, at CodeWritePlay, or me, Todd Mitchell, at MechaToddZilla with one D and two L's. Reach out anytime with topics or thoughts. Hey, here's something new I'd like people to do. Anchor will let you leave a voice message and I would love to tackle some thoughts, some questions, some uh, some stories that you guys recommend through that voice message. Go ahead and try it. It's, it's free, you might need an account. I don't know how it works, but it's easy to do, I assure you. And uh, I may play it on the show and I will certainly address it. So uh, try me there, reach out anytime. You guys work hard out there, make me proud and I will catch you next time. Thanks everybody. <laughs>